gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. So what uh what is this place anyway? Is this some type of fancy DMV? Are you kidding? It's the Hall of Justice. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is going to be a fun one. I say that every time. I get so excited to record them, and then putting them together is such a letdown. I cannot even tell you. Uh, nonetheless, uh, we are going back to the well. We're going to have a Hall of Justice veteran on the show. Um, we had this idea. There has been a lot being made in the media about Superman's son. In the comics, he has a son and his sexuality is suddenly now a big thing to talk about. He's now being featured on the show Superman and Lois. And now there's a brand new Warner Brothers animation movie uh, called Superman, Batman, Battle of the Super Sons, and it is coming out in a couple of weeks, and we're going to have next week a full interview with the cast and crew of everybody who's putting that together. The writer of that film is actually premiering like six movies this coming season as uh, his career is blowing up. He's now into comic books. He's written for The Flash and countless others, uh, but Jeremy Adams was on. If you want to know the bio of Jeremy Adams, just go to episode 223. We went... In grand detail, we talked about his elementary school life. We talked about his junior high and all his prom dates. We talked everything about comics with uh, with Jeremy Adams in episode 223. But now we welcome him back to tackle this very, very intriguing subject. Jeremy, welcome back. Thanks so much for doing this. Well, thank you. I, I Listen, if we talked about prom dates, that's news to me. I didn't go to my prom. I was such a loser. You know, <laughs> people are literally I can feel the audience pressing pause. I can, oh, he didn't go to a prom. Oh, man, no, I was I was everything I was beat up for. I'm getting paid for now. And it's a, it's a glorious turn of events. But, uh, you know, when I was a kid, this stuff was not cool. Yeah. You know, in, in any regard. I mean, maybe a small set, but it was always quiet. And, and I was made fun of a great deal for like in D&D and comics and all that stuff. So. It's kind of nice. The whole world is kind of turned on its axis a little bit. Well, it's funny that you uh, you say that because, you know, my career started in sports radio and I can yeah. remember a night getting ostracized by my program director because I referenced Batman in a Broncos show. A Denver Broncos <laughs> show. I referenced something about Batman. I think it was the time of uh, George Clooney. Uh, OK, it was it was that era. And it was like. Men don't talk about that. That's not what our audience. <laughs> Men don't talk about Batman. We don't talk about Batman. So I just want to. Sh- I like want to tag him on every episode of this podcast, and just <laughs> right, the fact right. that we have three hundred episodes now, like that's a big f you to that guy. Just, that's but just funny. that guy. Yeah, All right. I totally. Um, you get tasked with the writing of uh, Battle of the Super Sons. Yeah, and I've seen it, and it's it's great. I don't want to spoil it because it hasn't come out yet. 
So I want to give people the opportunity. We are going to do a full spoiler review of it like we do on this podcast, but we let people see the the goddamn film first. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But you had been exposed, you know, to the comic book and you had seen all the articles written, uh, the, 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 the stuff about his son. And you've seen, I, I would say you wrote the show probably before Superman and Lois uh, came on the, the show. If I, if my, if I know my animation timetable, yeah. you know, Superman and Lois has been out. They're going to start season three soon. And you probably wrote this uh, beforehand, but what was your introduction to Jonathan Kent, the kid and how important in the mythos is it to have Jonathan Kent, the kid? Um, I mean, to all your questions, yeah, we we wrote this before Superman and Lois. We wrote this before they aged up Jonathan uh, mm-hmm. in the comic books. And um, so we had no indication of any of this other stuff. We were just going off of basically what happened to me. Rick Morales, the producer on the, the project. A we veteran had done of a this Lego podcast. And was, yeah. And Rick said... Um, Hey, I mean, we were like a long time collaborator. I think we've done like 11 movies at this point. Wow. Uh, but he said, uh, you know what I really want to do? I really want to do Super Sense. And he handed me the trade, the Tomasi and Jimenez uh, trade. And, and immediately the visuals are so uh, like striking. You like see Damien, you see John and you're like, oh, what is this? You know, because right. also... I was dipping in and out of comics. I was, I was reading comics, but I was like, wait, Superman has a kid. I'm not really sure what's going on. DC, you know, reboots their continuity every five days. So I wasn't, I wasn't entirely sure. And so I read it and Tomasi is one of my favorite writers. And so you got this feeling of, of innocence and adventure and fun. And, and, and that was something that I, I hadn't been reading uh, in, in a lot of other comics. And it felt, and 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 what what started percolating when we started like coming together it was this kind of Goonies vibe, this kind of like throwback vibe, and and the, the idea, the the to your other question, the idea of like how important is it that Superman has a son? Well, it, it, him and Damian mark a drastic change in the DC universe, and that is movement in age, you know, movement in 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 life it kind of solidifies Batman at a certain age and it kind of solidifies Superman at a certain age. And well, it's the first major <laughs> shift since Dick Grayson became Nightwing. Right. Right. Um, and it is, it is a, it, it's, I mean, it's, it sends shockwaves everywhere. Right. And there's a different, there's also a different thing is that to a degree, uh, Batman and Superman, they have their tertiary families, you know, Lois, or, you know, Ma Kent, or, you know, and, and Batman has his, his kind of surrogate kids. And, but, but now he has a kid. And now Superman has a kid. And there is, it's not just a lone man's crusade against good versus, you know, evil. It's like, <laughs> now I have a child that was raised, you know, that I have to, I have a different standard to live up to. And being a parent myself, that's a different ballgame. Having yeah. kids changes you drastically and it changes Superman and it changes Batman drastically because, you know, as a parent, I know that I have to face up to my foibles. I have to try to not pass down any of the weird dysfunctions that I, I inherited. 
you know, and, you know, we can say Superman's perfect or whatever, but he's still somebody that the entire race was destroyed. And, uh, and now he gives, you know, and now this kid has powers and finds out his dad's Superman. There's like a whole thing to unpack there, you know? Well, there's a couple of things and I, I should note, and I, I probably should have noted this in the intro, uh, your appearance on the podcast came the week after we had Alex Garfin on the uh, podcast who is, plays Jordan Kent, uh, the twin oh, wow. brother uh, on the yeah. Superman and Lois show. And that was during season one of Superman and Lois. And we can talk about how that's diverting from even what you're doing and, and what what the comics are doing. Um, but let's do the the, the nerd part about it the how can superman have conceive a child with a earth person um <laughs> like I, I people say like well why hasn't this been done in the past probably because it doesn't seem very plausible that a kryptonian could mate with a earth human like Give me the comic book nerddom of that. Like, <laughs> give me the biology lesson, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, the fact is that Superman has been able to control all his powers for a long time without killing people every five minutes. So regardless to the, you know, flagrante, you know, whatever, I think there's an element of like, listen, as that child is gestating, you know, uh, you know, our biology sometimes adapts to whatever's going on with it. So yeah. it could be that, you know, especially when you have a kid, it's like, well, that kid, uh, you know, has things that will progress over time so that when that child is born, you know, he may not be lifting a, a tractor uh, right away. So it makes it easier. And then as, as time goes by, things change. Um, yeah, that's how I would imagine it, it going by. Well, in, in the film, and again, I don't want to spoil too much of it. What you yeah. guys do a, a, a wonderful job is uh, just the discovery of right. the whole thing. The the huge chunk of discovery where Jonathan just learns parts of the, the, the mythos, you know. Yeah. Again, I don't want to get into too uh, big of details, but number one, you're very, you know, and this wasn't you, but they're very, very loyal to the costumes. You know, it's su yeah. it's Superman's traditional costume. He even has the yep. yellow S on the back of the cape. And like it, it really is the the. Um, so when Jonathan is exposed to this, it's whatever Superman that is. If, if, if in your if the viewer sees that as Christopher Reeve, that's fine. If it's George Reeves, it's fine. If it's right. from the Dan Jurgens run, you know, the death of Superman, if it's from the new 52, whatever it is, it that Superman is Superman. And same thing for Batman. Um, unlike, for example, the Super Pets movie, where right. there were just these variations and, you know, right. it was just different. Um, this idea of discovery, what is it like, like from a writing standpoint of reintroducing stuff that you already know, but you're seeing it through this kid's eyes? Oh, that's the best. That's the best way. That, that's the pardon me that's the fun with with my own kids like they're at an age now where i'm i'm able to show them movies that i love and and now i'm watching their reaction so as a writer being able to kind of like try to get in the mindset of like man imagine if you were a kid and you found out that your dad was superman and and then you start uncovering all this other his friends batman like all these things are real and true 
And there's this moment before kids become, you know, not innocent, before they become cynical, that everything is hopeful, you know, and I, and that happens with my kids. I'm like, my daughter, we watched Explorers and she's convinced she can make a, a, a spaceship. She's like, yeah, I can make a spaceship. There's no doubt in her mind, you know, but, but there's an age where that turns over and it's like, that's stupid, you know? Right. And for John Kent, he's still in that hopeful. He's the, he's the distillation of hope and enthusiasm. And of course, that's what is the oil and vinegar or the oil and water of Damien. But at the same time, Damien's looking at Jonathan, like, look at this kid so full of hope. He doesn't know how terrible the world is. It's my duty to show him how terrible it is. But, but, you know, he, he wants that hope. He wants that innocence because Damien was totally not provided with that innocence. But Jonathan, you know, he has this two parent family that love him, that uh, is there for him, that he has kind of an idyllic uh, growing up life. And, and I, I grew up with a single mom, but uh, I had a great life growing up in like a small, you know, country town in a way. And it was always about exploring. It was always about having fun and going on adventures. And so we just try to bring that into the Jonathan of it all. And I just, I just imagine what it would be like to be in those shoes, like being able to see all these things and, and, and just the, the huge impact of knowing, wait, my dad's not just a nerdy reporter. He's Superman. Like that's just such a huge mind blow, you know? Right. It, yeah. Again, uh, it's not a spoiler, but he's, he's like, you guys have boring jobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you guys have boring jobs. Um, the comics, you know, your attitude and my attitude are very different. You're writing comics now. And, you know, I'm struggling with reading comics now because <laughs> I, I, you know, well, you know, my argument and, you know, we've had this debate on this podcast, you know, hundreds of times now. Oh, wow. We really have had this hundreds of time. And that is if I watch Andor, Stargirl, um, see Batman, Super Sons, um, and I watch, uh, you know, uh, every episode of The Flash and Superman and Lois, but I haven't picked up a comic book in yeah. in two years. Am I a comic book fan? Right. You know, and that's the argument. There's there's just a plethora of stuff now. Whereas yeah. when I was reading comics, I was a young adult. You know, there was the there was Batman, the animated series, but it was the yeah. X-Men show. But it wasn't this inundation where I can't keep up. I mean, I don't right. watch anything twice. People are like, I've watched Andor three times. I'm like you find the time <laughs> so the argument that happens you know so where comics is at is a, a precarious situation in the first light but they want to make headlines they want to sell books yeah and you know whatever your motivation for doing it not meaning you jeremy but the ustedes form whatever the 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 comic book world's motivation for doing it it raised a lot of eyebrows when Jonathan Kent was came out as gay. Right. And what I wondered when I was seeing this, because I had read that, you know, I, I had seen that story and I, I thought it was, right. you know, that some of the assholes on social media were just inappropriate and wh whatever it is. But my question to you is, did you have to be thoughtful of that? And does every future incarnation of Jonathan Kent have to follow that because you set the precedence in the comics? 
Well, I didn't set the precedence. Uh, no, no, you didn't write I, that. We, you, you didn't, we, write we that. didn't know anything. That, we didn't know anything about it when we were writing this. Right. That 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 hadn't happened yet. And and uh, and yeah, I mean, comics will always do that. We'll kill off Captain America. We'll kill off Superman. We'll do this. We'll do that. I I can't imagine that being the case with every version of the character because we're talking about the thing, the great thing about DC Comics, and and this is why when people get mad about certain things. You know, I'm very quick to say there's infinite universes. Right. It's not five. It's not 52 anymore. There are infinite universes. Every one of those characters are different in every one of those universes. It could be this. It could be that. Um, you know, I, I I firmly believe that Damien and Jonathan are still, you know, 12, 13 on a planet somewhere, you know, having having adventures and still having super sun adventures. On on the main continuity universe, that's that's what's going on, but you know, also it's totally outside my pay grade. I don't write Jonathan. I, I write the Flash. I'm doing this thing, right. and um, I I have definite opinions about you know how people write certain things, and I'm not. I don't want to get in trouble, but I also don't feel the need to to comment on some of that stuff because again, it's what you said. It's it's. Comics are an expensive art form hobby that, you know, predominantly is not courting a younger generation. And, and so therefore it is, it is, it is a, it is a dying thing. I don't know if it's dying. Actually, I retract that. I don't know if it's dying. I know that anime, a manga is up huge amounts. There's graphic novels and trades of other things that are up huge amounts. Um, and there is now just not two comic book companies. There's like 10. And they're putting out incredible books that are interesting. I wish the price was lower. Um, but I think about like what I'm doing on The Flash, my main goal. And, and one of the, I mean, like, listen, if we're really nerd talking, I was irritated that they, they aged up Jonathan. I thought it was, I, I thought it was short-sighted and foolish because, because one of the great things, they had aged up all of Young Justice and I like kid heroes. I love kid heroes. Yeah. And so obviously in the Flash comic, I've slowly been building another group of kid heroes because I love going on Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn adventures with superheroes in that universe. Seeing the world through those young eyes is such a refreshing thing. And I also want to be able to hand that book to my daughter and be like, hey, read this, you'll enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as Jonathan, like I said, I, we had no idea. We and and in our and we don't have any bearing really on the comic universe. We're kind of doing our own thing, and we're just trying to tell the story because it's not it's not really an adaptation of the books. It's kind of a extrapolation of the books, the movie. Um, there's nothing directly pulled. Uh, it is definitely more like it's an, it's an original story, right? It, it's yeah, completely original. Yeah, story. and that was another thing too, by the way, like. <laughs> you see it from the previews there's starro and we did that and then a couple of years later we see the trailer for suicide squad and we're like oh my gosh you know and there's an element of like oh we thought we were picking something that that people hadn't done in a while you know and yeah, but, uh, that's but, just but the thing about starro is starro is this this um this mind zapping uh villain and in the Suicide Squad, they made him the the, the Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, no, they did. They, he was kind of cute. Uh, yeah, you know, with animation, we, animation in general is just kind of its own 
own other universe that really doesn't have very much interaction in the continuity of the regular uh, comic universe because the comic universe is changing so rapidly. You know, well, I've I tried mean, I, I, I was, to, say, to say that there have been now two incarnations of Damian Wayne. It's pretty yeah. remarkable. I mean, yeah. again, th that that's the world we live in. There are two different versions of Damian Wayne. He's a oh. dick in both of them, but <laughs> but but that's that's the reality. That that's who he is. I mean, but that's that's the weird thing too, right? Like, I'm sitting here and I remember the nerdiest moment of my life was I don't know if I was in seventh grade or something, and there was a comic book store in probably less than seventh grade, but there was a comic book store in my hometown just for a brief moment. We, it was the first time a comic book appeared, a store appeared. I went Halloween night playing Dungeons and Dragons. Somebody had recorded Encounter at Star uh, Farpoint from Star Trek when it first came out. We're watching Star Trek, playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm dressed as Moon Knight. No one know, knew who Moon Knight was. I'm like, <laughs> there is no nerdier person than me in that moment so the fact that we are in a world in which there's a moon, moon night tv series, show yeah it's completely bonkers it's completely bon people don't understand how crazy it is wizard magazine used to put wizard casts and they would always put like oh wouldn't this be a good cast and we Patrick were all stewart yeah. was charles xavier yes yes and we all just thought maybe someday they'll do maybe james cameron will someday do that spider-man movie you know, and it was like, it was all so far-fetched. And now we're, I remember when Smallville was playing and they did the JSA and I was like, I cannot, I mean, I remember being like, this is not happening. This is insane, you know? know? And now we're like, oh yes, three seasons of Stargirl, you know? Three seasons <laughs> so of Stargirl and the girl, that we had uh, the girl who plays Wildcat on the on this podcast, yeah. uh, Yvette yeah. Monreal, she's such a, a, a delight, but I'm asking her about this, the legacy of Ted Grant. Right. And right. She, she was like, listen, old man, what, what are you talking about? I'm wildcat now. <laughs> yeah. All these people have to suddenly catch up, you know, and how do you catch up? Like, listen, I'm, I'm writing the flash. Right. We're nearing issue 800. That's you know, right. you know, the, the amount I would just have to like, okay, I'm going to try to do this run. I'm going to try to read this run because it's just like, it's so much, it's so much to catch up to. And like you said, there's so many other things that are dividing your time. So, so do you see, it just seems like, you know, between Super Sons, between the comics and this Superman and Lois, which, you know, seem, might be the last show standing when it's all said and done from the CW. <laughs> um, it's it just, it's it's fascinating. And the, the, the shocking moment was in the crisis when Lois, you know, when the, when the crisis on Infinite Earths happens and the sun is changed to twins and they bring in Jordan. And that was, that was, uh, that was weird. That was I, I, very like, weird. As a, as a nerd, you know, we hate change generally. Right. And I remember when it was like, here's this uh, show. And I'm like, oh. And then it was like, and two boys. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I was immediately irritated, you know? And then I watched the first episode. Oh, this is really heartfelt and yeah. sweet. Um, but, but like, what? Like, weirdly, in my mind, I'm like, what was the calculation on that? Like, why did they do that? Well, Tyler, um, I don't know. But to me, what's, what's doing it for that show is it's kind of like it's one of those things where you don't really care really what's happening because they're delightful to watch like tyler right. is a great superman the kids are great the bitsy tulloch who we're, we're dreaming of having on this show she is uh brilliant as lois lane like she embodies lois lane i mean right she she looks like lois lane she talks like lois lane like she's lois lane what i what i just 
wonder is, you know, is this this idea that like now on mainstream media, like how much of the flash? I know I'm I'm diverting here, but I'm it, it's to get to a point where you're writing the flash now. How much do you think your flash comic book, even maybe before you got it, has been influenced by the show, by the CW show and the success that it had? Uh, my my uh, I don't know. I mean, I I watched the first uh, I I watched the show, but like I wouldn't no, say. No, no. Did they the, did they have you introduce a Harrison Wells? Did you? No, introduce- no, 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 no. I I the show has no bearing on my book whatsoever. Okay. I mean, if anything, what's interesting is when I watch it, it's like Joshua Williamson, who has written the Flash longer than anybody. I feel like they just they pillaged his run, <laughs> you know, not in a bad way. I'm just saying that he Williamson is so creative. He he, he created like a billion characters right. and a billion like ideas that you know good for the writers. Like, could you imagine walking into a show like, what are we going to do? It's like, what aren't you going to do? Here's right. eight hundred, you know, here's almost seven hundred whatever bucks. issues right. that you get to pull from and and go 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 crazy. But for me, no. Not at all. In fact, I don't feel like anybody was paying attention to me writing The Flash for especially the first year. I don't think the editorial was like they were. Just, I don't think they cared. You literally about literally had carte blanche. You're like you could do whatever. I, you I, I would fight over a couple things, but that, um, uh, you know, and that happens every once in a while. Like I had a, I had a vasectomy joke, and they were like, no. And I and I I got I was like really kind of like no, it'll be funny because he's the Flash and like. He went through this and it healed. This is stupid, you know? And uh, they were like, no, you can't do it. And I was just like, I was so irritated. So funny. I was so irritated because it was just a funny joke. It was a gag, you know? Um, But mostly um, because I am somebody who grew up reading comics and I have this backlog of ideas. Of course. And then I started, you know, they're like, hey, you want to do the Flash? I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, I'll do the Flash. Um, And then I just started throwing out ideas and they started coming back and I started getting really far ahead. And then, and then, thank goodness, the fans started getting really excited about it, and they, 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 like I said, treated me so well. And I've been on the other side, you know. You do, you do a misstep, and I don't. I'm, I'm sure I'm not going to be perfect all the time. I'm not. I'm not perfect now, but I think there's an element of like I really am enjoying writing superheroes as heroes. I think. I think we're ebbing. We change. We move. Right. The pendulum swings. It's like. I grew up in the 80s. My heroes were heroes. Then the 90s, it was all anti-hero all the time. And then it was like dark, dark. And then that's not my personality. So the fact that I'm like, hey, Wally's going to be hopeful. He's going to have a family that's hopeful. And it definitely is that. And even when I'm writing Super Sons, that hope shines through because it is about what it means to be a hero, what it means to be, you know, uh, you know living up to an expectation. You know, Superman's got a brand. Jonathan has to fill the biggest boots that exist on, you know, in fiction, and and uh, and that's huge. That's that's a big that's a big issue. Again, eight year old Jeremy is over the moon. Like I, this is this is all I've ever wanted to do. No, you know, in a way. And so now that's like people are letting me do it, and I don't know how long they'll let me do it. I'm just I'm just having fun to do it while I am. Well, and the and the animation gigs keep coming. I mean, you wrote Mortal Kombat. Yeah, well, that was um, there was there was two things that were very fortuitous in that way. Was I had I was on Supernatural, and um, and we were going to go do our rap party for the ser- series finale in Canada, and COVID hit, and it was like, 
I guess we're not going to do that. So there was no real goodbye on that show. And that was my first time in live action, really. And I was hoping to get into live action, but guess what? All of live, live action shut down. Yeah, sure. And, and so suddenly I got a call about Mortal Kombat and it was, it was essentially, you know, Sam Register was like, hey, the first two movies did really well. We want to do one, but we don't want it to be straight line continuity. We want you to come up with some weird ideas. So I came up with a bunch of weird ideas and we landed on this one. And, uh, you know, it's weird to me to have two movies coming out at the same time that couldn't be diametrically opposed in terms of tone. Yeah. But at the same time, I still think it's about hope. And I still think both of them are about doing the right thing, no matter the cost. And uh, I, I don't mind that message getting out there, but yeah, it's violent as all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happens uh, now? Now, now that it's at the third movie, what happens? Yeah. Does the movie promote the game? Does the game still promote the movie? Uh, you the know, game it used to be the movie, the, when the first one came out. It was oh, that was the video game, but now yeah. there's more to it, and there's story, and there's characters, and now you can join that, and then say, wait a minute, that's a game. Uh, the game is, I, I wasn't even fully prepared for how popular the game was. I'm not even kidding. They, they told me, they said like, uh, you know, listen, you, you know, the fan base for Mortal Kombat's really, I'm like, whatever. I've been on Supernatural. I I did Scooby-Doo. You can't, you can't scare me with fan bases. Next thing I know, man, it was like, oh, I wasn't. There are so many more people playing that video game than will ever watch these movies. I mean, droves of people. Right. It's it's insane how big that game is. And uh, and the great thing with that too is sort of like what we were talking about with the Flash. There was all these incredible creators that came up with this incredibly complex and deep mythology with the game, and I get to come in and kind of pillage that, and then add some character and some things that I like to try to tell a you know narrative three-act structure story and i think we did a pretty good job with this last one i really enjoy it and it's it definitely is departure from the other two the um the, the funny thing when you talk about the flash you know i think about what flash comics i read which yeah. was around the time you know I, I i got into comics late i i got in as a young adult uh when i was in college and uh wally was was my flash it was right. never barry Right. As a matter of fact, I remember uh, when the Flash TV show was announced, I wanted yeah. Grant Gustin's character to be Wally. Right. I make well, no secret about that. I, I still think they... the show could have been everything you ever wanted it to be um, because you had John Wesley Shipp, who could have been Barry Allen. And right. you, you could have had that other guy. Um, interesting. And you mentioned COVID. Um, when you yeah. think about uh, social media blowing people's mind, Todd Helbing yeah. did a bunch of interviews. He's the showrunner for Superman and Lois. Yeah. And he came on this podcast and he said the same thing about how originally Superman and Lois was going to be in the Arrowverse. Oh, Supergirl was going to be there and the Flash was going to be there and COVID hit and right. everything was isolated. And so they just yeah. wrote it out. They wrote it out and you should have seen the the vitriol that social media was like, you killed the Arrowverse like this pandemic yeah. killed the Arrowverse and people were so angry. And that's where I think Superman and Lois can then take that and just go on this journey. You yeah. know, I, and I wonder if they will take something from Super Sons or the comics 
like as you see this like you know i would say at most this show's got four seasons in it right there there's gonna right. be three now there probably will be one more it might be a streaming service who, who knows what 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 happens with it but this idea that you know you're talking about uh this legacy of these characters. And that's why I said it, it, it goes back to the beginning of, you know, these things feed off each other. That's why I asked yeah. that question about the flash, just, you know, how much do, do all these different genres uh, feed uh, off each other? Uh, one last thing about mortal Kombat. Um, do you have to have any, do you have to have seen the first two to see the third? No, no. <laughs> if you have a cursory knowledge of mortal Kombat. <clears throat> or at least cursory knowledge of some of the characters uh you will enjoy if you love the game then you will really enjoy it because it's it's uh there's so many easter eggs but as a standalone movie it it works i think that's what's unusual about it is that they let us mm -hmm. do something so different that you can walk into this and be like well what is this about and you can you grasp very quickly what it's about it's it's really ancient themes you know, all throughout it, uh, all as distillation of all the great martial art action movies that I've seen in so many, you know, when I was a kid, um, you know, Blind Fury. There's a lot of like the old man teaches the young man stuff. And uh, I love that stuff. Huh. It's, it's fa fascinating stuff. Again, the movie is Batman, uh, Superman, Battle of the Super Sons. And what's the what? I don't have it in front the of me. The other one is Mortal Kombat Legends Snowblind. All these long titles for both of them. Seriously, uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Uh, well, hold on. Let me let me say, Legends Snowblind. That's it. Mortal oh, Kombat oh. Legends Snowblind. Oh, I'll tie it together nicely. Mortal Kombat Legends Snowblind, and they're both premiering next week. Uh, or this week, rather, if you're listening yeah. to this episode as it's being released, uh, Jeremy and I are actually going to be in the same room together uh, for New York Comic Con. Um, that's wild. I, 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 I still can't get over the fact that Comic Cons are back and the fact yeah. that a podcast like the Hall of Justice gets a media pass. That's nuts. I think it's awesome. No, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. What are you talking about? It's so great. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, you mentioned uh, the the love for for writing comics. How yeah. has uh, your social media changed? Um, just yeah, in the in the in the time, have you noticed a lot more people are following you now? A lot yeah. more people are noticing a lot of stuff because of the the you know you're branching out. You're doing more. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, you know, as far as viewership uh, in the movies and television that I've done, you know a thousand times more people have probably watched but uh for whatever reason comic books the devoted fan base is devoted and uh, you know i know social media isn't indicative of real world and in really any ways it's just kind of a megaphone we're all in the same corridor yelling at each other but i can't tell you how a fortunate i feel uh and grateful i feel because everybody's been really kind about the book and not just kind about the book, they've been kind to me and they've been so enthusiastic. And, you know, as an artist, it, it, you know, as a writer and an artist, you do things that's kind of performative and you want people to see it and you want people to enjoy it. And to know people are enjoying it is a huge relief. You know, it's, it's, it's a hard, working in genre is hard. It's both a blessing and a curse, right? I love it. Sure. I love doing it. I love the responses. 
But also, I was on the other side when they canceled Angel and I needed to send a postcard to the studio. Right. You know, like yeah. I get it. You know, I I have feelings about Star Wars that I'll never share. You know, <laughs> so so a ton of people started following me and, and and I a ton for me, I should say, not a ton. And they have been so supportive. And that support really drives me to to hopefully get better at at writing, you know, writing comics. It's a different well, it's it, a different it motivate form. it must motivate you. I, I think it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I, I I agree. And hopefully I can garner enough trust that when i want to branch out and do my own thing that some of those fans will 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 want to read those other things and that's that's my hope because at the end of the day i want to continue to do comics forever uh, oh, you know sure. for I, I want to do dc i want to do marvel but i also want to do my own thing too because i want to be the captain of my own ship in a way well sure you want and, to do uh, the invincible or the you yeah. know the boys or something yeah. like that like I wrote a novel at the beginning of COVID. I was like, I've always wanted to write a novel. I'm going to write a novel. I wrote a fantasy novel. And I was like, well, I maybe I'll my post it. Maybe... Boy, well, you're over yeah. it. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, well, maybe I'll, I'll sell it. And maybe people will read it. You know, who knows? You never know. You never know. Well, seriously, man, congratulations on all your success. You. Um, I'll you. be uh, attending the, uh, the premiere of uh, Super Sons, I know, Ooh. I know, I'll be that Super Sons. I don't know about the other one, uh, but uh, I will definitely get a chance to see you in person. Uh, right. You've always been good to me, and you've always supported my crap. And uh, I, I, I cannot say uh, we are, we are rooting for you. Uh, Super you. Sons is great, folks. I've seen it. Like I said, I'm not spoiling it yet because I wanted to come out and let people see it first. But uh, it's great, uh, and and it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, Jeremy, uh, thanks so much for doing this. And uh, you, ah. like I said, you have a standing invite. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to meet you. Yes, we will meet this weekend at New York Comic Con, where we will be recording next week's episode of the Hall of Justice. We're going to a press junket for Batman, Superman, Battle of the Super Sons. Jeremy wrote it. We'll be talking to the producers. We'll be talking to the voice actors. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I saw the film. You guys need to see it, too. The world premiere of it is this weekend, and it'll be available on digital very, very soon. We'll see you next week. We'll have all the particulars on that right here on the Hall of Justice. Believe it or not.